Welcome to another inspirational message from Church on the Rock Pile. Thank you for listening. And if you would like more information, you can visit us at www.therockchurch.co.za. Well, I'm super glad that you have joined in today. But let's say it together. My heart's open. My mind's ready. I won't be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. I pray you have an expectation for God to do something in your life today because our expectation is an invitation for God to move. But I have a question before we go any further. How many of you are here? I'm not just talking about like here tuned in watching right now, but in the moment right now here. And if you are, say, I'm here wherever you're at. But right now, I want to just take a moment to thank God for the freedom that we have together, not just in our physical buildings, but also online with every single one of you as disciples of Jesus to feed on the bread of life, the living word of God in the presence of the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead to worship the Lamb of God who was slain for the forgiveness of our sins. Come on, how awesome is that? I just want to welcome you here in this moment, and I'm so glad that you're here today joining in with us. So why do I say that? Why do I say welcome to being here? And I'm so glad that you're here. It's because unfortunately, some of you won't be here for long. And you're probably like, what? I'm, I'm not talking about physically not here, but I'm talking about your mind. Your attention is going to be somewhere else. It's like you're going to be here now, but I know in a moment you're going to get that text on your phone or you're going to be the one that's going to send the text from your phone or you're just going to, you, you just won't be able to take any more. You're going to have to check what's on social media because you've got FOMO of what's happening out there. Or maybe you might be thinking about all the things that you have to do or where you want to go eat for lunch or supper, wherever, whatever time of day you're watching this because it's like, or you're just worried about tests, bulls, Christmas presents that you still have to buy. But I'm so glad that you're right here now with us. And I want to say I'm glad that you're here. Because I know in a little while, you're not going to be here for long. And today, I want to read to you a, 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 from John 2. It's an unusual text. It's Jesus' first miracle at a wedding. And I know some of you are like, yes, I know where this is going. It's my favorite miracle in the Bible. But let me just give you some context in this. You see, this was actually a, a very, very embarrassing moment for the host because they've just run out of wine. And I love Jesus' mom in the moment. She says, Jesus, go do something about it. And Jesus, if you read the story, turns to his mother and says, Woman, my time has not yet come. I promise you, if I ever spoke to my mother like that, I would have met Jesus. But the mother that doesn't take his mom, uh, she doesn't even blink. She doesn't take a step back. She just goes straight to the servant and says, Do whatever Jesus tells you to do. And so Jesus tells them to fill up some jars of water and they have to fill up six massive jars full of water. Now, these aren't normal sized jars. This is, uh, if you go read up on it, it's like between 76 liters to 114 liters per jar. And it's not like today where you can just open a tap and put a hose and know they had to carry this by hand. So this was buckets up and down. And once they've done this, Jesus tells the servants to take uh, the water out of the jar and take it to the master of the banquet. Now, just imagine the servants in that moment. They know it's water. It's still water, but they do it. And then we pick up the story in John 2, verse 8 to 10, and it says, They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. 
He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, and, when, and then the cheaper wine, after the guests have had too much to drink. Now, I always thought the next half of it said, But you saved the best to last. But that's not what the Word of God says. It says, But you saved the best till now. And so I want you to know, because my title for my message is, Your Best Is Now. But before we go any further, let's just pray and dedicate this, this day to God. Father, we ask that in the name of your Son, Jesus, that you would invade our hearts in this moment with your goodness. And just as Jesus lived with an undivided attention in the moment, draw us into your presence and your calling in the now to do your will on earth and heaven. We pray this in Jesus' name and everybody said, Amen. Wherever you're watching this today, I want you to say to yourself, My best is now. Because your best is now. And today we're going to be looking at the way Jesus lived. One, one of the most striking qualities about Jesus was he was fully present. He lived with an undivided attention in the moment. No matter who he was with, he was fully present in the moment. And what I want to do is show you two back-to-back -back stories which illustrate the heart of Jesus for the people right in front of him as he was fully engaged in the moment. The first is found in Luke's Gospel. Well, they're both found in Luke's Gospel, but the first is found in Luke's Gospel as Jesus walked into Jericho. This is years after the walls have come down. They've been rebuilt. It's a thriving city now. And as he walks in, this large crowd gathers around him. And there's this blind beggar, Bartimaeus, and he cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now the disciples see this and they like rebuke this guy and they like, they get offended that he is even crying out to Jesus. And they say, Jesus doesn't have time for this guy. He, he's got somewhere else to be. He, it's, he's too important. He's too busy. But Jesus rebukes his disciples and he stops and he engages with this guy and, he's, and he gets fully engaged in the moment. And he gives him his undivided attention. And Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? And this guy asks him to heal him because he's been blind his whole life and he cannot see. And Jesus hears him and heals him. And this is the first miracle that we see here in this story. And it's an amazing miracle. But the second miracle we see in this story is Jesus stops for someone no one had time for. He was fully engaged with the person who was right in front of him. How awesome is that? He stops for someone no one had time for. Now, the second story is also found in Luke. It's found in Luke 19, 1 to 2. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through it. Now, this is the second time Jesus has entered Jericho. And it says, a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. Now, Jesus was on his way somewhere else this time. And he's already been, the last time he walked into Jericho, he was already interrupted by this poor blind beggar. And now he, he stops for a rich corrupt tax collector, Zacchaeus. And what I love about Jesus is he has time for the down and out, but he also has time for the up and out. 
He has time for anyone. He has a heart for anyone. It doesn't matter where you come from, how big your baggage is, what your past looks like, or how bad your past is, or how dirty it may be. Jesus cares about you. Jesus stops for Zacchaeus. And if you don't know anything about Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he who climbed up into a sycamore tree to see all that he could see. Now, some of you might know that because I've just taken you right back to your Sunday school days as a small kid. But he was a tax collector. If it was today, it would have been a corrupt SARS employee today. Uh, But in those days, tax collectors were the most corrupt person there was. Uh, Because they would make you pay the tax of the day, but they would also add on to it according to how they felt. So that they could skim off the top for their own profit. Just so that they could get rich off of it. And they were the most hated people around in the time. And Jesus sees them and calls out his name. and calls him by name and says Zacchaeus. And Jesus kind of invites himself over for lunch at Zacchaeus' house. And as he was talking to him and spending time with him. And Zacchaeus is just like in the presence of Jesus. He has a revelation of who Jesus is. And he repents. And He says like he will do anything to make up for what he had done. And he kind of blurts out that he's going to give half his possessions away to the poor. He's going to pay back four times what he has from those that he has stolen from. And Jesus looks at him and says, today, today, in this moment right now, salvation has come to your house. Jesus was always present in the moment. He stops and gives people the greatest gift that he can give. And that's his attention, his love. And I want, and I want to be like that. I want to be in the moment, present in the moment. And I know I'm not always like that. You can just ask my wife. It's like, I don't want to just uh, live for the happy moments. But I want to be fully present in all the moments. Even the annoying ones. Because how many of you know some seasons are way more annoying than other seasons? Like, you want to have a clean house, but you've got small children. It's chaos. You clean the house, there's toys on the floor again. And you're like, I promise you I did clean this house. And then you, you go and you step on that Lego piece that you, you, you put away 30,000 times. And you, now you step on it again. And you have to ask Jesus for forgiveness because Lego pieces are like, man, they can hurt. But, and you're praying that one day, and you're hoping that you... You won't have to worry about that Lego piece anymore. But I've learned something. Because I've learned to stop complaining today about moments I'll miss tomorrow. And so I want to say that again. Stop complaining today about moments you'll miss tomorrow. Jesus was fully engaged in the moment. He was fully engaged in the moment. Are you still with me? Because statistical odds are I've lost some of you already. Harvard did a study that said 47% of the time, people's minds aren't where their feet are. That means that some of you are here, but your mind is somewhere else. It's like, and let's be honest, our minds can go to some stupid things, like really, really dope things. And the one of the biggest things that we have, which distracts us today, is our phones. I'm not saying they're bad. So don't go run off home and run to your friends and say, Jared says technology is bad. No, it's not what I'm saying. But you see, the average cell phone user touches their phone 2,617 times a day. 
That is a lot of times. And have you ever been uh, at that or gone to bed one night and you say, I'll just check some few reels out, check out TikTok a little bit, just watch a little bit here. And then like in a few moments later, you're like, okay, let's like put the phone down, look at the time. Three hours have gone by. And you're like, how did that happen? Because you don't even, it doesn't feel like it. It doesn't, you don't even know what happened in those three hours. Like my wife, Camille, always freaks out when I do that. But some of us are extreme users. We're in the top 10% of people who like to touch our phones. And, and that, they say the top 10% of people on their phones touch their phones 5,400 times a day. And we aren't with whoever or whatever is in front of us because our minds are somewhere else. And if you're not wasting time on your phone, you're probably playing mind games in your own head. Mind games of when then. So when I'm out of high school, then I'm going to go to college. When I'm out of college, then I'll get a job. When I've got the job, then I'll get a real job. And then I'll be out of debt. And when I'm out of debt, then I can get married. When I'm married, then I can have kids. When the kids are out of diapers, then I'll get a better home. And it goes, the list can go on and on. And we go through life wishing away the current moments. And I want to say this. If you've got a pen and paper, write this down. Don't miss what you have now pursuing what you want later. I'm going to say it again. Don't miss what you have now pursuing what you want later but if the mind games are not the when then it's the what if games that we play in our mind what if i don't pass the test what if i i don't pass my exams and get into college next year or what if i don't get the the right job or, or the good job and what what about what's going on with the economy what if the economy crashes what if i can't afford my house what what if i get the wrong choose the wrong spouse what if i i don't have clever kids one day and our minds just go to the what ifs. And the list can go on and on and on. But Matthew 6, 34, Jesus says this. What, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. He says, don't worry about what is to come, because tomorrow will worry about itself. But you need to understand this. Jesus doesn't tell you to not have a plan for your future. He says, don't worry about your future. You still need a plan. You still need a vision because without vision, people perish. So you still need a plan for your future. But he's saying, you don't have to worry about it. Are you still with me? You still here? So why don't we live in the moment? Sometimes we're just plain distracted. But when I think about it, I would say, and I've thought about this, I would say it's, we, we have a lack of, of faith because we all freaked out about something that has happened so long ago and we so tr trying to undo that or we freaked out about what will happen in the future and as I was thinking about it the only way you can be present in the moment is to surrender the past you cannot change and to trust God with the future you cannot control I'm going to say that again because you need to write this down. Get into your spirit. We, we need to surrender the past you cannot change and trust God with the future you cannot control. What I'm saying is because he redeems the past and is good in the future, we can be fully engaged in the present with the 
person that is in front of us, with that thing that is in front of you. And it takes faith in God to engage in God's calling right in front of you. James 4, 13 to 14 says this, and I, I love how he phrases this is James, Jesus' half-brother. And it says there, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. And then he asks this question, What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. You are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Have you ever taken a breath on a glass window or on a glass? You watch it, it's the air, and then it just the mist just evaporates again. And the one thing that I think about life is I think about an hourglass. And when you look at an hourglass, you can there's three things that you can see, and our life is just the exact same. It's the first thing is we have no idea how much is still in the top. We don't. We can't stop the, the sand flowing through the hourglass. Time is passing by. Every day is a gift from God. And some of us are just wishing it away. And then the third thing that we can look at is once it's at the bottom, you can't get it back. And that's why we celebrated being in the moment at the beginning of the service. That's why I love Psalm 118 verse 24. It says, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day. And if you're still here, I want to tell you what you can't do. It's like you can't be happy where you are not. You can't serve Jesus where you are not. You can't love people where you are not. You see, because this is the day that the Lord has made. Don't just live for the big moments, the powerful moments. But the more you live in the present, you realize that the most powerful moments are sometimes the smallest moments in your life. The most meaningful are not always the mountaintop moments, the big in-your-face moments. So don't miss what you have now pursuing what you want later. And if we look at Jesus' life as he walked along, you, see, you need to see this. People weren't an interruption to him. People weren't an inconvenience. They were moments. They were opportunities to engage and show the goodness of God, the love of God. This moment right now matters. And to be fair, we can get distracted so easily because so often we're preoccupied with ourselves. And when we think about Jesus again, if there was any time in the life of Jesus where he could have been consumed with himself was when he went to the cross. You see, he was sinless. He was the sinless son of God. And people uh, stripped him naked on the cross. They, they beat him senseless. He was barely recognizable. It was one of the most painful, agonizing ways to die. And he, was, he would have had to be trying to just breathe as people cursed him and mocked him. And he was, and as he was there, there was this man dying right next to Jesus. And Jesus gives his 
undivided attention to this man. And they have a conversation. And this man is sorry for what he had done. And he says, remember me. And Jesus says to him, today, today you'll be with me in paradise. Today. Jesus was fully present in the moment. And I don't know who this is for, but you can't serve Jesus where you're not. You can't love people where you're not. You can't be happy where you're not. You can't have great friends if you're not present in the moment. You can't uh, be a great spouse or have a great spouse if you're not present in the moment. You can't be a good mother or father if you're not present. You can't have influence if you're not present. If you're not there, you can't have it. And this is the day, today, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. God saved the best for now. Now, in this moment, right now, His grace, His mercy, His forgiveness, His freedom, His power, His purpose is here right now, in this moment, now. God is with us. Your best is now. Your best moment is now. Your best day is now. And just like Jesus and the way that Jesus lived, I want to live and love like Jesus lived and loved. I want to be fully engaged with an undivided attention in the moment. Come on, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Would you bring us into your perfect will in this moment so that you can do exactly what you want to do right now in our lives. Right now, wherever you're at, I want you to just stay in an attitude of prayer. Because I was talking about how His grace, His mercy, His forgiveness, His freedom is here now. It's here now. This is the moment where your life can change forever. You see, we have a God who loves us so much. He loves us so much that He sent His Son, Jesus, His only Son, who was perfect in every way, who died for the forgiveness of our sins. God raised Him from the dead. And our response to this amazing, amazing moment is to simply decide to choose to live a life devoted to Him, to choose a li to live a life fully engaged with Him. We will never know His grace, His mercy, His forgiveness, His freedom until we choose to make Him Lord of our lives, until we commit our lives to Him. And some of you here today need to make that decision. You've been living your life without Him, you've, or you've drifted away from Him, and now you realize that this is the time, this is the moment that things need to change. And it's easy. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved. So wherever you're at, if that is you, I'm, I'm going to ask you to do something. Because on the count of three, if that is you, I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer with me. Because this is not about a religious moment or joining a particular church. This is about entering into a real living relationship with the one who loves you right down to your core. Who has a fully undivided attention for you today, sitting wherever you're at. And if that is you, one, he died for you. Two, so that you could have eternal life. And three, if that is you, I want to pray a simple prayer with you. And it goes like this. So just repeat it after me. Dear Lord Jesus, 
Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for your amazing love. Today, I turn away from my sin and I ask you for your forgiveness. Please come into my life and give me a fresh start. Today, I acknowledge you as my Savior. Help me to live my life for you from this day forward. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to welcome you to the start of the rest of your life. And come on, let's remember, even as we go into the Christmas season right now, don't miss what you have now, pursuing what you want later. Live fully engaged in the moment with them. And I promise you, you'll reach your destination. But until next time, share hope, show kindness, and shine Jesus.